On this episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast, we are talking, we got NCAA basketball, uh, we got a little NBA basketball, what is LeBron up to, Bulls Hawks go to four overtimes, it was combine weekend, plus there was a lot of other NFL news, also breaking, Alex Hornibook enters the transfer portal, we talk about what that means, what is the portal, um, the Big Ten race, <laughs> Uh, also, America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. Bryce Harper gets some money and much, much more. All right, let's start the show. All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. And Casey, this will mark one year. We've been uh, talking into microphones and putting it on the internet. All right, one year. Wow. Um, I know we talked about when it was episode 50 or 52 that it was getting close, uh, thinking we did one each uh, each week. But um, obviously, we had a couple more in there. Uh, so officially been over a year. Time flies. Wow. Uh, All right. Yeah. Time does fly. We put that first one out in February 28th of last year, and we've been trucking along ever since, and I appreciate everyone coming along for the ride. It's been yeah. good. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Marlo, for being here. Thank you to all our listeners for being here. I hope that our conversations have helped each of you uh, follow our teams, collectively our teams, uh, a little bit uh more this year and that we've helped you enjoy it a little bit more that's what we're going for here and i hope that uh we've done that and we'll continue that going forward <laughs> all right so giving the people what they wanted yeah um where should we start where should we start this week badger I basketball mean, yeah let's start with basketball um mm-hmm. maybe not the most enjoyable week i think we put a little bit of the jinx on uh when we were uh prognosticating that they should win yes uh, both of these um that did not happen against Indiana in the middle of the week. Um, losing a late game, Marlo. It was a late game. Very I don't late know game. If you it know. was a late tip. What was it, an 8 o'clock tip off? 8, eight o'clock tip. That's 9 o'clock in Indiana, so I'm surprised yeah. that anybody there was awake for the end of the game. <laughs> it went uh, double overtime. Uh, Wisconsin losing 75-73. And, you know, the thing with the – not only late games, Marlo. This goes double overtime, as we mentioned. Yep. And then we lose. What, yeah. am I, what am I supposed to do then? Just go to bed? It's like no. 11.30? Yeah, it's 11.30. You're, you're all hot. You're just It's all mind going everywhere. You're just laying there all mad about you know the last whatever's of yeah. the game. Yeah. yeah, you can't just go to sleep. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst, <laughs> especially when you lose. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Cause if, if, we, if they win, you know, I go to bed happy and, and you know not worried at all, and then they lose, and I'm thinking of every little bounce that went the wrong way or call that I uh, didn't agree with, of which there were many. Um, man, but it is it, is, it was tough. Um, I guess where do you want to start with our analysis of the game? Um, well, I think we can start at the end okay. um, for the most part. I mean, that's, that's you know, where the game was. I guess during the game, it obviously – I think we both thought going into it, it'd be a easier win than a two overtime loss. So yeah. it was obviously closer than expected throughout the game, and I was just kind of waiting for, waiting for the Badger to pull away at some point. But fast forward to the end, um, just execution and kids, tell your, or parents tell your kids that they need to make their free throws. 
because that wins games. And that's what we yeah. didn't do. Didn't hit free throws down did not hit free throws down the stretch. And then of course the uh the last play of the game mm-hmm. um in the second overtime just allowed with I think it was seven seconds left. Um yeah. seven and eight seconds. Yeah, seven, eight seconds left, went to full court. Uh, I forget who made the basket on that one. For it was Indiana. Langford. He was going Langford. to the right like he did all all, all of the game. overtimes, it seemed like. Uh, yeah, he was doing that, and he just, I don't know. So, it just like that was those things, the free throws, and then not taking away a guy's right hand because it seemed like that's all he could do. Um, yeah. Is really I, the things that stick out to me. Yeah, I think I rewatched or kind of, at least in my head, that last drive. Uh, by Langford like a hundred times and it seemed just watching again if I to break down that play a little bit uh, if I may Marlo uh, yeah it yeah. seemed like Iverson thought that Trice was on his left to, which would have been the uh, to the right of Langford where he wanted to mm-hmm. drive but they ran that guy in motion underneath uh, Iverson and I don't know if he realized that so Trice wasn't over there uh, to help on that right hand side and then with Hat being out from previous fouls very weak fouls, but previous yep. fouls on uh, Langford driving to the lane. Reavers was in there, and he was too far under the hoop, kind of hugging his, the other big man uh, too much, and wasn't able to get over to help out in time. Uh, I just, I don't, it seems like two guys that just were a little bit out of position in that last play. Uh, that said, that was one instance of him driving to the lane, uh, going right. Uh, that happened, it seemed like, every time down the court. Uh, but you mentioned kind of execution-wise uh, in double overtime. Um, you know, I think we had some conversations uh, among ourselves, among me and you and some of our other friends about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the coaching towards the end of the game. And I think this always comes up to be something. But at the end of this game, in double overtime, we got to the line three times, going one for six. We went 0 for 4 from the field, one of which was a really bad Davison shot. Um, but two were layups, a Hap and Trice missed layups in overtime. And I guess my point I wanted to make was... So in Iverson. In Iverson. So it was like yep. three, maybe it was Iverson instead of Trice. Uh, I might have gotten that wrong. Um, but these are positions you try to get your players in. That's what coaches can do. They can mm-hmm. get their players into position to perform. And one for six, 0 for four from the field that weren't getting it done. Uh, let's say one of those was a bad shot. Uh, just a tough way to lose. Uh, maybe they were as tired as I was as I was watching, uh, and it was getting later and later. Yeah, I think to that point though, it's because it's a pattern, and I think that's I think that's why this discussion. Get, I feel they're yeah they're not exec, they're not hitting free throws, not executing. But they're you you could say they're being put into position to win, but I think since it has been, I think there's enough of a, a body of work towards the end of games that we kind of see a pattern and that's why it comes back to the coaching. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's, you know, if that's a direct correlation. I think the biggest thing I could point to if I was going to point out knickknack on coaching was the seven seconds left and not pressuring the ball in the front court. That that's kind of questionable to me. Did you, uh, did, where were you thinking at that time? Um, I, I was fine with it. I mean, they didn't roll it up or anything. They yeah. were going to get down. I I just, I think that Trice should have left his guy and mm-hmm. forced, uh, I, I guess I was earlier kind of explaining why I thought it was a, a mistake on defense, but um, yeah. I think he should have left his guy, let him go. And then if he makes that pass, then Iverson can 
uh, jump over and contest a tough uh, three-point or, or at least a long two-pointer there. Um, I was fine with him not doing that, but I th- would have liked to see something other than just one-on-one defense on that final play. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's – yeah, I don't – I mean, I just I just feel like we should – There, were, if it was me, I would, I, would, I would hope that they would pressure the ball, yeah. take a little more time out of the clock so that – it just seemed like they had for seven seconds they had enough time to collect themselves to run to actually run a play, which I don't think should have been the case. Right. But I don't get paid to coach these players, so who's listening yeah. to me? So yeah, <laughs> but to to get to uh, double overtime, however, we had to stop mm-hmm. the two previous game winning attempts, which I True. thought were uh, pretty well defended, uh, resulting in some uh, tough shots for Indiana um, and. Trice had to make three free throws, so, mm-hmm. uh, somehow fooling the defender on a pump fake uh, up into the air uh, to foul him so that he could get those three free throws. What did you think of them interviewing uh, Trice's father Yeah, <laughs> between uh, free what throws was, two and three? What was that? <laughs> that was like Dan Dockage, they you know said he was watching yeah. <laughs> his, his parents while doing the free throw, and then all of a sudden they got the sideline reporter go over there and interview like while he was shooting right it was it was it was between the second and third free throw they called okay, a timeout time i think out. to ice him or whatever right uh and, and it was a thrilling interview by his father yeah uh, i mean <laughs> i couldn't i was it was not entertaining he didn't add anything to it but it was amazing like how calm he seemed and i guess yeah. you know he this is his second kid uh to go through a big 10 school and so he's been in this kind of you know situation before this isn't his first time but he's just kind of like you know, you play basketball. <laughs> it's like, wow, yeah. this is crazy. Uh, and then Dan Dockage is there freaking out, and he's like, he was talking about if it's harder as a player, coach, or parent, and he's like, just he says this, as a dad, you die. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. Like, wow, jeez. Uh, and I don't. It was. It was. It was such a weird thing uh, in the middle of the game uh, to, uh, not middle of the game, but middle of a clutch moment in the yeah. game. Uh, absolutely crazy to to see him there. I can't believe that they found him to give the interview. Uh, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, although it was, they probably had time, right? Because there there was like a thousand uh, video reviews in this game. It was yeah. There that was, was another many. thing that made it so long. That's true too. Um, yeah, but that was. Up. I mean, that's. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about this loss. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything to kind of wrap it up? Uh, Tie a bow on it. No, I, I just it's one we lost. Uh, yeah. You know, it's I, I keep saying it's tough to win on the road in the Big Ten, and I think we'll talk about this maybe a little bit more in uh, when we talk about the Big Ten. But the bottom teams uh, are are playing pretty well, playing pretty well. Maybe we'll talk yeah. that about a little bit more about the Penn uh, Penn that in the Penn State game. Uh, so yesterday uh, at noon, uh, so an early game. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. how you felt, Marlo, but I didn't realize it was a noon game. Uh, until until day of I mean I was maybe it was Friday night it was Friday night I was like oh what time do the Badgers play tomorrow oh it's at noon okay Uh, but it seemed like at least the atmosphere in the stadium also wasn't sure it was a noon game until like I don't know one o'clock because it was Uh, a slow lethargic start uh, all around I thought I'm glad you brought this up Casey yeah so actually got to go to the game yesterday oh Uh, shout out my wife she pro- she uh, surprised her tickets. Um, so I had that same feeling inside that arena. Okay. Like, why? Where is this crowd? And why aren't we waking? Like, why is why aren't we waking up? Yeah. Um, 
I didn't know, if, yeah, if that's just the early, early, like an early Saturday game, or you know, this is my, I don't know, it's been a while since I've been in the Cole Center for a game. Yeah, didn't know it changed, but yeah, it definitely had a feeling of just okay, we're here right now until you know, until it was like evident that it was going to be a close game down the stretch. Yeah, it. I think it. It seemed um really quiet to me until we started making the run kind of fueled by Brevin Pitzel, Pritzel, who we'll talk about in a little bit here. Uh, but I think it, when it was we were down uh, seven or eight in the second half, and then we started making a couple of shots, eventually getting even at thirty-eight, thirty-eight. Um, that's when it kind of woke everybody up and the crowd got into it. I think and kind of energized the team a little bit with that run. Uh, but it was, uh, were you there for, for 90s day? It was 90s day, right? It was 90s day. Uh, it wasn't as prevalent yeah. <laughs> as you would, as the, uh, was that Northwestern when they yeah. had theirs? Yep. I don't know how it was on TV or predicted on, I, on TV. I, I couldn't tell, uh, to be honest, until they played Mbop and then uh-huh. mentioned it. And Got it. That yeah. was, because it was like an important part of the game. And I was like, why why is DJ Shauna playing Mbop? <laughs> <laughs> a weird yeah. one. A weird one. Then, yeah, uh, there's yeah, a lot of there was a lot of nineties bangers okay. uh, out there. Student section. There there's some okay costume, but for the most part, I don't I felt like most of them didn't know it was nineties night either. Uh but yeah, definitely in in the thick of nineties nights with all the uh yeah. the DJ DJ Shauna's been in the, the hits from the nineties. Yeah. So aside from the uh, that highlight of the game, uh, as I mentioned, Brevin Pritzel was the highlight of the game. He played uh, what I think is the best game of his career, scoring 17 points. He was 5 for 5 from the field, 4 for 4 from th- uh, 3. He was 3 for 4 from the line, gathered two rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he created uh, the turnover on the no call at the end of the game and uh, then got fouled and kind of gave a cocky little wink over at the bench when he missed his first free throw, Yeah, uh, but made the second one to put him up for and, and seal the game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a heck of a run by him at a time that we really needed someone to step yeah. up. Um, it just seemed like some of the, the uh, our Nora players were, you know, I think they talk about just kind of having a, a lackluster game, um, and Pritzel stepped up in a at the right time to, to, to feel that run. Yeah. Uh, I was really hoping that being back at home, uh, we'd see a couple more of the shots go in. Obviously it did for Pritzel, but, uh, Davison struggled again, uh, it, against Indiana. He went one for 11 here against Penn state. He went one for what seven. Is, what's so. going on with Davison? I don't know. What is I don't it? know. At least in, at least in the, uh, in the Penn state game, uh, yesterday, he was able to, uh, create contact, get to the line a little bit, uh, and uh, drive to the lane and do something productive on offense, uh, but it, it, he was wasn't able to do really anything in Indiana. I just hope it's a funk and and he can get out of it. He's had games like this throughout the year, uh, but this just seems like a longer stretch than normal for him to get out of it. Yeah, I don't, I I don't get. It. I I feel like he is one or the other. He doesn't seem to have a middle road right, right now. Yep. You know, it's either it's either really good, very impactful, or it's just you know sometimes like what are you doing? I think he had a couple air balls yesterday. Yep, he was. It it looked like he was, like he was shot. Force, Yep, forcing things up. So, you know, I yeah, I hope I hope it gets yeah, I hope it gets right in this last week here. So at least he can find something going into postseason play. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, I guess one other thing, if I can put my uh, red and white glasses on here for a moment, give my Homer right. take. The red, uh, the red and white glasses. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, which you can tell uh, over the uh, internet radios here that I'm, I'm wearing. You're looking, you're looking hot. Uh, my God, did Lamar Stevens get every freaking call <laughs> in that game? He ended up shooting something like 18 free throws. Uh, it felt like every time he got the ball, he was fouled. He shot 13. I exaggerated. I'm sorry. Um Went 11 Holy for fact. 13 from the line. Uh, and the announcers are sitting here praising him, which rightfully so, I guess. He scored you know, 22 points. He was he was getting to the line because the refs were calling everything. Uh, but they're talking about how he's like this well-meaning, you know, quiet leadership kind of guy. Meanwhile, he's like jawing at everybody on the court. <laughs> and him and Hap are like shoving each other and like yeah. jawing at each other. Uh, which, I mean, I don't see Lamar Stevens play very often. I see Hat play a lot, and he doesn't do that very much. So something must have uh, triggered him uh, to do that. And just if anybody looked at Lamar Stevens, they were calling a foul. It was so freaking frustrating. Um, I'm glad that it didn't uh, result in a, a win for him, but it was it was a lot of yelling was happening uh, towards the TV uh, with calls on him. So that's my my homer take. Yeah, I feel like I spent a lot of time yelling at the ref. Uh, I mean, I guess you could do that at every game, but yeah. I felt like it was a little more warranted yesterday. Well, like I just, if you compare the contact that Stevens was getting to yeah. anytime Hap or, and especially Iverson, I feel like I, this is every game for Iverson, maybe because he is strong that yeah. he doesn't get any call. He get any call. Uh, but he goes up and he gets clobbered underneath all of the time. Uh, and I feel like he rarely gets a call. Now, when he does get a call, Will his free throws go in? That's a different question, but at least get the call. Um, so anyway, win against Penn State, uh, 61-57 was the final. Not as easy as we would have hoped, uh, maybe with a little bit of controversy at the end, although I think that was beyond the point where the game was was decided with that, that Pritzel uh, out-of-bounds play. Um, I don't know. I'll take it, I guess. It's a win. Penn State was hot coming in. Uh, they they kept really? saying, "Oh, and they said, I love this. Uh, this time of year, you know, when you're playing a team who's who's not making the tournament or what have you, they you know they're just playing for pride. You know, they're nothing's holding them back. They're a real dangerous team when they they can play like that. It's like, well, are they really more dangerous <laughs> that way? I'd rather play a nothing to lose team that's in the bottom third of the conference than a team that has yeah. a chance to win it any day. I'll tell you that. But it was it's pretty funny. They were really pushing that in the Penn State game. Oh man! But uh, all, all right, right. Penn, Penn State in the books. What do we got yep. coming up this week? Coming up this week, we are uh, hosting Iowa. Um, losers of their last two, uh, and a little bit of controversy following them around. Uh, I don't know if Uh-oh. you heard about this, Marlo. Uh, during their 90-70 to 70 loss at Ohio State, um, Fran McCaffrey was not too pleased with the referees uh, getting a technical during the game. He, In fact, he followed the referees into the tunnel, and a uh, reporter from the Toledo, Bla- the Toledo Blade, excuse me, uh, Kyle Rowland, uh, tweeted out, oh, uh, wow, great way to start a tweet, uh, wow, <laughs> Iowa coach Fran McCaffrey was just screaming at an official walking down the hallway of Value City Arena. <laughs> he said, quote, you cheating mother effer, you're an effing disgrace. Um, so take that, officials. Take, take that. that. Um, to be fair, in Fran McCaffrey's defense, Ohio State, 
State did shoot 24 free throws compared to Iowa's 14. Uh, but they did lose by 20. <laughs> I'm not sure that the free throws discrepancy was there. Um, and I think, Marlo, we should give Fran McCraft here a chance. Let's hear his apology on this situation. Okay. All right. what does Fran have to Here say? is what Fran had to say about the incident. Uh, I said what I said back in the tunnel directly. I didn't want it to be public. I didn't say it on the floor in front of a thousand people. I said it directly to him, and somebody ended up hearing it. Okay, that's unfortunate, <laughs> but that's the reality of this situation, he said. <laughs> is that an apology? That's, I don't think that qualifies as an apology. <laughs> I'm just going to state some and, facts for you. Yeah, yeah. I said it. I didn't mean for anyone else to hear it. That's that's on them. All right. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they heard it. Not that I said it. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and then the article says he guy. he clarified that he did regret his words. Where oh. I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> and then he says, I think if you look at every coach, there's been issues with officiating at some point during the season. So this is not an isolated incident of one coach, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, then the uh, because of these comments and uh, apology or lack of apology, uh, Fran McCaffrey has suspended for two games. So take that, Fran McCaffrey. Double take, take that. that. Take that. Fran is always good for one good meltdown oh, a man. season, and oh, they're man. always glorious. They're always glorious. And just to, just to prove that it was the officiating in that game that lost the game for them, they went out the next game against Rutgers again without Fran McCaffrey, and he will miss uh, the Wisconsin game. Uh, when Iowa plays Wisconsin this week, um, they went out and proved that it was just the officiating by losing by 14 to Rutgers at home. So there you go. Vindicated or not. <laughs> All right. So that <laughs> went off went off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's, let's bring good. it back in. Bring let's it bring back, it back in. in. All right. So we play <laughs> Iowa. Uh, Iowa uh, on Thursday. At 6 p.m. That's going to be on ESPN. And then Sunday, we finish out the regular season at Ohio State, who, as I mentioned, just blew out Iowa by 20. Thank you to the officials. Um, but after that game, their best player, uh, Wesson, was suspended. Uh, it was apparently for a violation of um, athletic uh, department policies or something like that. I don't think it's been clarified. Um, it sounds like rumors are, based on the article that I read, <laughs> that... Uh, they don't expect him to be back for the, this Wisconsin game. They expect him to come back for the Big Ten tournament. Um, so in the, their only game without him since that suspension, they got blown out by Purdue 86-51. to So that's what we're looking at uh, this next week. And again, that, that Ohio State game is on Sunday at 3.30. That's what's ahead. So I, I know we did this last week, but winnable games? Winnable games, we think? Winnable games. Um Iowa, yeah, we can. I mean, I good thing we have Iowa at home. Senior night yep. should be able to get that. Ohio State away, it'll probably be along the lines of the Indiana game, a close game, but we should be able to actually win, actually pull this one out on the road. Yeah, I think especially without Wesson, um, yeah, they might not have the the uh, front court depth to to handle Hap and Iowa. Um, I, I I mean, they have the shooters to to win any game. Um, with Bohannon, uh, most notably, but uh, it seems like they're not interested in playing without without McCaffrey. And 
this seems to be a trend with this with Iowa. They just kind of fall off towards the end of the season. Uh, I hope that continues <laughs> against us. But um, knocking on wood, hopefully uh, we can finish out strong here to end the season. All right, that's it I, uh, for uh, Badger Basketball Memorial. You got anything else there? Uh, no, I think we're good. I think we did a good job there. All right, excellent. Let's t- uh, stay on campus, though. Take a little walk around campus, leaving the Cole Center. Uh, football still headlining our around campus section, Marlo, with yep. news that one Alex Hornibrook has yes. entered the transfer portal. In the portal. Uh, Marlo, what do you think it's like in there? <laughs> I know. I saw. I saw you tweet that. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I don't know what. The, I don't know what the portal is. First of all, is this like the first year of the portal? I think so. This is the first time hearing of the portal. Right. Or did I just not? Yeah. Or is this the first time they're reporting on the portal? Is it, I, I guess. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Was it just the first it, year? I think and they just it, like, decided it, to actually like name the portal. Now I, it's the portal. I think it's the first year. I don't really know what happens when you enter the portal. I I yeah. think it's like an airport lounge. <laughs> like you go in, you know, and the doors kind of, but they open like from the middle, you know, yeah. one of those like futuristic yeah. doors, like it opens from the middle. You go through the portal, it's kind of shimmery, and then it's like an airport lounge. Oh, it's nice. You know, you got a little mini bar over there. Yeah. You're getting you courted. Know, bu- you're getting courted bu- all bunch over. Bunch of couches and stuff, right. you know, sit, people read newspapers, just kind of waiting for their next <laughs> team. I don't know. Waiting for the next it. team. It's kind of fun. Somebody comes in. Oh, yeah. Mr. Hornybrook. Mr. Hornybrook. <laughs> so Mr. Hornybrook enters the portal. Uh, I think. If you were in the Wisconsin world, it yeah. would it went kind of crazy for a couple hours there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I first got when I first got wind of it, it was like I was surprised initially, like very surprised yeah. because obviously we haven't even started spring ball. So my my initial reaction was like I was very surprised it's happening now. Not surprised it's happening because spring practice hasn't even started and. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only thing that could have happened for this to for him to put himself in the portal um, and put his feet up and wait for his next team, yeah, is that he had a stern conversation with Paul Chris, <laughs> and it was either going to be an open competition he didn't like it, or Mertz is like the real deal and he's just going to be a starter. So I don't know. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see, or hopefully maybe more will come out once he he transfers. But that was kind of my initial reaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess mine was I was a little. I was surprised in in my reaction in that. I mean, maybe it's just that I'm a little bit of a squish, but I was mm. a little bit a little bit saddened by it. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I didn't want him to be the starting quarterback because I wanted Mertz to be better than him. Yep. And yep. um, so like the fact that if he would have stayed and been the starting quarterback, like I was hoping that didn't happen. But then when he announced that he was transferring, I w- I remembered the fonder times, Marlo. That mm-hmm. uh, just career stats here for Hornybrook. He's twenty six and six as a starter. Has forty seven career touchdowns. He was uh, the twenty seventeen Orange Bowl MVP, capping off a thirteen and one regular season. Uh, and just I always thought or I always hoped that he could be that Hornybrook. All of the time. If he yeah. could just do that all of the time, if he could just be Orange Bowl horny or BYU the first time, not the second time, but the first time, <laughs> that first horny brook, yep. uh, then we could bust back out our horny for Heisman jerseys, or not jerseys, <laughs> shirts, t-shirts, uh, and he could you know, be in that conversation. He could be at that level, but obviously uh, that, never, that never happened. He had those moments, but the, there was too much inconsistency, uh, yeah. and the struggles when he wasn't on were just so bad. And when you think of those twenty six and six, that twenty six and six record, of those twenty six wins, how much was of the 
of that was because of Hornybrook versus how much of the six losses were because of Hornybrook, right? I would say almost all of them, if not all of them. Um, And I think on top of that, you compound the injury concerns. You just don't know if he gets another head injury, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's serious I think, stuff. and and that's you know that can go beyond football and, and whatnot. But um, let's say for a consistency of a quarterback standpoint for the team, if he gets hurt in the preseason, how is he missing or the preseason the non-conference schedule? Is he then missing the whole conference schedule? And then you've invested all this time in in having him be your, be your starting quarterback. Anyway, so I think all those question marks were kind of looming over it and that was kind of why there was maybe that certain conversation that you alluded to um ahead but man i just i just i still even though he's transferring marlo i still yeah. wish he could just be that horny brook that he showed at flashes of at times i know uh, so go, this is the yeah so this is the end of the horny brook era which I, a couple episodes ago we talked about him uh, just having a phenomenal senior year or whatever going on the sunset but yep. do we think that when Hornibrook was a freshman, and he was showing those flashes. It was a pretty ball, a pretty deep ball. That yeah. maybe it was like going down the field, and I forget who was the quarterback at the time. But like, man, that was a nice ball. Like Hornibrook's going to be the future. Yeah, that it would end after his junior year with a transfer and just mm. a, a lackluster season. It's just it's kind of surreal. Like you said, with the with the flashes in there, I think the pinnacle obviously was the uh, Orange Bowl game. Yep. I think that's you know that's in everyone's memory because that's what we all wanted from Hornybrook the whole time, yep. And we thought he was capable of that continued success, uh, but it just we just never panned out. So yep. I wish Hornybrook the best. Yep. Um, don't know where he's gonna go. I think. Yeah. Do you yeah, have? Do you, think, do you had some ideas of where like, he was gonna go? Um, he may his may maybe a landing spot. Yeah, I I don't. I have some a couple of schools that I, I researched, but before I I looked into that, I wanted to think where I thought he would go, and I just I couldn't really see him going to another Power Six conference. I, it just seems like he's I, I I don't think he's at that level um, of what you would want to get for that kind of one year uh, rental, and with those inconsistencies in the injury history, I just, I just didn't think he would. So I was think, and he's from. Um, Pennsylvania, so I was thinking maybe like a Mac school, uh, mm-hmm. go somewhere like that, uh, kind of that level right below uh, those power conferences. Um, there, what was your what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think initially, uh, yeah, I, I was like, well, he's in the portal, like, okay, who's, who's going to pick up Hornybrook? Uh, <laughs> and is it going to be a power? Is it going to be a power six? But I guess the more I thought about it, because I guess we always think of like transferring quarterbacks. We, you know, we think of. Um, quarterbacks that are transferring to go to big time programs because they right. still think they compete for national titles. Uh, so, like, and then think about well, he could probably still do like a just a lower tier uh, team in a power mm-hmm. six that just needs you know needs a quarterback. You know, be very serviceable. I, I can't. I'm trying to think of who's in the bottom of some other conferences, but like you think mm-hmm. of like if uh, Indiana needed a quarterback or Purdue. Right. Right, like that would be, I'd be an upgrade for them. Yep. Right, maybe not Purdue at this point, but India. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. you know, maybe, yeah, maybe some of the, you know, not my top tier teams in in those power six conferences, but I, yeah. I still could see it going to a power six at that point. Yeah, that's that's fair, and maybe maybe you're right that it's going to uh, a power six, but I guess in my mind, I was kind of thinking of that kind of uh, top half of power yeah. six conferences. Yeah, um, like I don't think any team that's looking for 
transferring quarterbacks that has a, a legit shot to win a conference will be looking at Hornybrook. But yeah, you're right. Some of those other schools, and that's kind of in line with kind of what I've seen some schools thrown around there. Uh, there's the going back home schools, Pitt and Temple, uh, yeah. as possibilities. Um, two schools that have new, or I guess three schools that have new coaches, uh, Tennessee and Georgia Tech. Uh, now remember, Georgia Tech doesn't run that crazy <laughs> option anymore. Uh, <laughs> that, that, was, that was my first thought. I was like, wait, what? Hornybrook's going to be running the triple option. Okay. He would uh, not last. <laughs> he would not last in that, in that system. Uh, and then I think for the troll effect, uh, Miami was listed. Uh, oh, man. They need a quarterback, and that would be after <laughs> after back-to-back bowls against Miami. Uh, to go and play there would be would be something else. I don't yeah, know. Ed, Ed's definitely gonna happen, right? Oh, it, well, uh, uh, <laughs> Tate it was like Tate Merrill or the Ohio State quarterback. He transferred to Miami, I believe. Been, um, but okay. but if Hornibrook goes, and I think is he gonna be trying to do the play right away because he's gonna graduate yeah. or something? Yeah, I think he's yeah. a graduate. Um, so yeah, if he's able to play right away, there's and he goes to Miami. There's no doubt in my mind we're playing Miami. In a bowl game, in a bowl game. Uh, against Hornibrook, and I think that, my friend, would be <laughs> that would be a storybook in that itself. That would be something. Wow. All right. All right. Well, now I, now I feel like it's going to happen, and I don't want to happen. <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, wish him wish him the best. Uh, hopefully, not at Miami, but wherever he goes. Um, and you know, health. I think health. I'm. J- I don't know. Maybe. I'm, j- I'm really worried about his health. I don't know why. Um, yeah. The concussions kind of scared me uh, last year. So hopefully he stays healthy and finishes out his career on a high note unless he's playing uh, Wisconsin in a bowl game. <laughs> All right. Um, elsewhere around campus, Marlo, uh, the men's hockey team finished up their regular season with double overtime wins with two separate overtime wins, not a double overtime uh, win against Michigan, winning 5-4 to four and four to three in overtime uh they with those wins uh they passed michigan from six to fifth in the big 10 standings so now they take on penn state in the first round of the big 10 tournament uh friday night at eight and then saturday at six and then if necessary they'll play on sunday so they're doing that best of three in the first round there uh women's hockey uh two resounding victories over st cloud state winning five to zero and eight to zero uh, so they did not need that if necessary game. Uh, from now on, the uh, conference championship tournament uh, for the women's is single elimination. So they play uh, Ohio State on Saturday. Uh, and then the winner of that will play the winner of the other semifinal. Uh, Minnesota uh, will probably be there as they're the number one seed. So let's just say that. And uh, they are... Uh, the women's hockey team is 1-1-2 one, one, and two with two draws. If you remember, at the end of the season, Marlo, they drew against uh, Ohio State twice. Uh, so a, p- a pretty even matchup. Um, so we'll have to be, keep a close eye on that on Saturday. Uh, and then finally, or not finally, I have two other ones. Women's basketball, uh, a tough week. We said they had a, a long week with three games. Uh, all of them turned out to be losses, losing to Rutgers, Ohio State, and Michigan. They finished uh, 13th in the Big Ten, uh, so next to last. Um, and they start the conference tournament Wednesday at 1.30, playing 12-seeded Penn State. Now, lastly, Marlo, uh, softball. Uh, softball season's here. Can you believe it? Um, the <laughs> <laughs> softball team won. <laughs> I had two big wins, two ranked wins, uh, defeating number 9 Texas and number 15 Arizona State. So a very hot start for the uh, 
the Badger softball team. That will wrap it up for Around Campus. Let's uh, journey on now to some other campuses, Marlo. All right. All right. And I guess the most pressing thing on other campuses, as far as uh, I am concerned, is the Big Ten race uh, for uh, basketball here. Um, a three-team race we mentioned last week. Um, Purdue and uh, Michigan kind of took care of business. Purdue winning against Illinois and Ohio State. Michigan uh, defeating Maryland. Michigan State took the tumble, losing to Indiana. So even when we lose to Indiana, it's not their biggest win of the week. <laughs> <laughs> they went ahead and beat Michigan State. So I talked about earlier, these bottom-of-the-conference teams, or I guess Indiana's probably middle of the conference, right? But yeah. uh, Indiana, uh, Illinois, Penn State, uh, those th- those types, you know, the teams who are playing with nothing to lose, very dangerous. Uh, but they are getting some results, and Indiana knocked Michigan State off. Um yesterday uh so michigan state is now one game back of purdue michigan is a half game back uh purdue faces minnesota and northwestern and if they win those two games they win the big 10 title and i don't know if you've watched any big 10 games marlo but you're reminded like every time outbreak that Mm -hmm. uh few people know or a lot of people are surprised to find out that purdue has the most big 10 championships Wow. It, Thanks. I know. I appreciate that. If you've watched a minute of Purdue basketball, I feel like you know that because <laughs> no. yeah. you are reminded all of the time. Yes. Yeah. It's the equivalent to like the, the Celtics and their championships. Yeah. Um, so I think with um, Michigan State's loss, I think Purdue, uh, two winnable games they should have this, and Michigan and Michigan State have to play each other um, yet this season. So one of them won't be won't be in the running. So, right. produce to lose with two very winnable games. I said that uh, last week that I wanted them to win, and now I, I don't know. I don't feel like nah, I don't feel that way. You're not feeling the same thing. I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, <laughs> although I think whoever would be have quote unquote taken the lead for this race, I feel like I'd be feeling the same. Oh, I don't want them to win. So, um, there you go. Um, right. Hitchin, are you are you thinking Purdue's going to pull it out? I think yeah. I think Purdue. There's in a position where. You know, thanks to uh, the heroics of Indiana, yeah, Purdue is now they put themselves in a position to kind of to win this thing outright. So I, I don't honestly, I think this is a typical Purdue team where they f- somehow find a way to get to the top of the conference. They're going to be talked about as a hot team, and then they'll find a way to lose in the first round of the tournament of the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, um, when everyone has them like the lead eight for no reason. So yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, this is totally one of those teams. But yeah, they're definitely. I feel like they're going to pull this one out, at least for the uh, regular season title. Yeah, and I think you could go through it and, and say they had a pretty soft Big Ten schedule. I mean, the Big Ten's pretty tough, but um, overall, and we've kind of said that throughout the year, but I think that they've had a couple, dodged a couple of the of the other good teams, um, only playing Wisconsin once, uh, only playing Michigan once, that sort of thing. Um, so, all right. So Purdue's got it locked up, not jinxing them at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in the 132 Breeze podcast, Jinx on yeah. Purdue. Yeah. Uh, but the real race that everybody's talking about, Marlo, is the race for the double bye. Uh, yes. Between Wisconsin double bye. and Maryland. Iowa played themselves out of it. They're now uh, two games back of Wisconsin. Wisconsin a half game up on Maryland. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, as we mentioned earlier, has Iowa and Ohio State. And Maryland only plays Minnesota. So 
you got to pencil in a win there for Maryland. So if Wisconsin wins out, they will have um, the coveted double bu- double bye, finishing fourth in the Big Ten. Um, if they Wisconsin splits those games, it's a tiebreaker, Marlo. And I went okay. and I and uh, I looked it up. It's not goal differential, surprisingly. Oh, surprise. So uh, if there's a, a tie, it is. Uh, the results of the head to co- head competition first of the regular season, so they mm-hmm. split that each winning one uh, at home. So then <laughs> the next one, which I'm going to read because Getting it's a little confusing, and I think I understand it. Each team's record versus the team occupying the highest position in the final regular season standings, continuing down through the standings until one team gains an advantage. All right, so I think that means <laughs> whoever wins it, right? So if uh, Purdue wins it, which we we talked about. Maryland beat Purdue during the regular season. Wisconsin didn't. Maryland would win the tiebreaker. If Michigan wins, uh, then we would win the tiebreaker because we defeated Michigan. Maryland has not. And then if Michigan State wins, we <laughs> we both uh, lost to Michigan State. And then. Um, they would go to whoever finished ahead of Michigan or Purdue. So hope that makes sense. Hope it cleared it up. Yep. Uh, if if we tie and Purdue wins, uh, then um, Maryland will get the tiebreaker. So Wisconsin just win both their games, right, Marlo? And then yeah, we just win both this. of the games. Don't want to go through all these scenarios. Kind of and then at some scenarios. point it comes down to like a like a coin flip. I think everyone's glad that I did go through it though, because I'm sure yeah. that was entertaining to listen to. Well, no, now yeah, it's all cleared up. So no, no, <laughs> no one has any questions. Yeah, on on how that's going to work out. So yeah, we're all, we're all informed. Perfect, perfect. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Any other uh, other campuses you want to visit, Marlo? Before we we move on, uh, Duke's still good. Okay, Duke's, we can move on. Duke's good. Uh, all the good teams, I think, won this week. I guess Kentucky lost to Tennessee. That was probably the biggest uh, result of the weekend. Um, they won. 19 points, so in aggregate, they won by two points because Kentucky blew them out by 17. Uh, oh, actually, the end of the game was really fun, Marla. I don't know if you saw it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tennessee's up 17 or something like that, and uh, they get a steal on the last play, and they're going to – I forget who the player was, but they're going. he's going to dunk it, and Rafferty's like, oh, no, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> like he's going like to hurt somebody. And then he's sitting down, he's like, ah! Oh! <laughs> it was so funny to hear. Rafferty was not a fan of the the up seventeen dunk at the end of uh, end of regulation, um, and then uh, I guess elsewhere uh, Marquette lost to Creighton today, so that was fun for fun to see. I guess. Um, all right, that's it. That's it for college. Let's move on to the pros, and we'll start with the NBA. Yes, we will. Uh, do you want to hear about some Bulls? Oh yeah, little Bulls. So Bulls Hawks on Friday night. Yeah. When we're talking about late night games, uh, <laughs> this went to four OTs. Yeah, uh, don't yeah. It went to four OTs. It was kind of it was crack, it was crazy. Uh, Trey Young ended up with forty nine points, um, setting the rookie franchise record for most points by a rookie. Uh, it was actually really fun to watch. I mean, I think he only going into the fourth quarter only had sixteen points or so, twelve or sixteen somewhere in between there. Um, yeah. Just went off in overtime. Um, same thing with the Bulls. Uh, and the Bulls side, I think Levine uh, finished with 47, uh, yeah. respectively. Um, but yeah, talk about late games, four OTs. I don't. I've, oh, I, did you know Vince Carter's on the Hawks? 
Yeah, I knew Vince <laughs> Carter was. Yeah, so I was I was mesmerized by like how much you know, he was getting a ton of run in the overtime because I don't know. I guess he has fresh legs. Yeah, with uh, uh, 329 points in the game, it was the yeah. third highest scoring game ever uh, between two teams who have combined for I don't know what did you say 35 wins on the season. Mm, yeah, so far. Like yeah. So yeah, two teams battling out uh, for their ping pong ball position. Yeah. So not only that. So, so they had then that on game, top, and then yeah, they had the rematch. Yeah, they, they had the rematch on Sunday. They ran it back, as the kids say. <laughs> ran it back, and Trey Young was on his way to another great game. Yeah, until he got kicked out. Did you <laughs> see this, Casey? I saw. The, so the only thing, mercifully, the mm-hmm. only thing I saw of this game was mm-hmm. that play, uh, <laughs> and I cannot believe that they called. It was awesome. He yeah. shot from like. 30 feet out, uh, just put his hands at his hips and like just looked at the guy who was trying to guard him, and who wasn't guarding him that far out because, you know, why would you? Uh, and they called the technical. And the first highlight was really funny because like everyone was really confused on what happened because <laughs> it went to a timeout right afterwards. Like they, yeah. they were all kind of going to their bench, but Trey Young's standing there. And uh, it was ridiculous. Let him play. Let him play. Yeah, just let, let him play. So... Uh, Trey Young, yeah, Trey Young gets kicked out for basically staring at a player, yeah, looking at somebody. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 looking at someone. Reggie Miller wasn't happy about it. He took oh, to Twitter yeah. and asked Good. why his what has happened to the NBA he used to know and love. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thoughts and prayers to thoughts and prayers to Reggie. Nice. Uh, but anyways, uh, the the Hawks ended up taking this game from the Bulls. Uh, so it's a net yeah. even. For uh, for ping pong balls, yeah, led by uh, Alex Led. I forgot yeah. about him. Uh, yeah. Former former Terrapin. I forgot about him. He's apparently on the Hawks. There you go. Right? Is that the same guy I'm thinking of? Mm. Yeah, Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Bulls. The, that's all I got from the Bulls. Actually. So wait, wait. So they're in. What place are they in for the ping pong balls now? Oh, what place are they? Is a great question. Uh, research. Because uh, you want to be in the bottom three, right? That's kind of the. The cutoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be the bottom three. The Bulls currently are sitting in the fourth position. Ooh, that's not where you want to be. Yeah, not where you you want to be. But there's still time. Yeah, still time. There is still time. It's going to be tough. uh, They're not catching New York or Cleveland. (laughs) Yeesh. Yeesh. It's going to, well, it's it's Cleveland. It's got to be Cleveland. They're at 16 wins. The Bulls at. 18. Phoenix is at 13. Uh, yeah. This is, this is exciting. As uh, Look at the schedule. New York is at 13 and Cleveland's at 16. So that's Bulls fans. Start rooting for Cleveland. If Cleveland wins another first round for number one overall pick, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You're going to do with, something. I have time to come up with something. Uh, speaking of ping pongs uh, and drafts, uh, the NBA... Uh, what is the 2K League or whatever? The video? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That, that draft's coming up in a couple days. Oh, yeah. So okay. Watch out for that. Um, we'll be on top of that. Do they already have the combine for that? Did we miss <laughs> that? <laughs> I thought we were going to get credentials for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go so. see watch people. Take, what do they do at NBA Combine? See the verticals, their verticals, things like that. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Bucks had an interesting week. 
Bucks had a had an interesting week. Yep, they uh, clinched playoff berth on March first. The first team in the NBA to do so. I I wrote that. I've been prepared to say that. It still blows my mind that that happened. Uh, that they're the first team to do so, and that they're having the year that they're having. Uh, they are going to look to continue their success. They signed Bledsoe to uh, Eric Bledsoe, point guard, to a contract extension. I believe the uh, details are four years, seventy million dollars, um, which I think is a pretty uh, a f- team-friendly contract, let's say. Um, I mean, obviously, that's a lot of money, right? Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think this is their first step in kind of solidifying this core going forward. Uh, I would look for them to do something similar to this with uh, Brogdon pretty soon. Uh, that's At least that's what I'm hoping because he's, aside from Giannis, my favorite player uh, to root for on this Bucks team. Uh, but Bledsoe, on his first game under the new contract, goes out and scores 31 points against the Lakers, leading the team in scoring to a victory. And if hey, Marlof, every game he plays is like this under this contract, it's going to be a, a pretty good deal. Be a pretty good deal. Money um, well spent. <laughs> at least so far. Uh, and last night, uh, the uh, Bucks were playing the Jazz, and it was just kind of a moment in the season where, as I'm watching this game and cheering for the Bucks, that I kind of realized how different this season is than other seasons. Because uh, last night, they're playing without Brogdon, playing without Bledsoe. You can't play every game if you're getting four mil for. Uh, $70 million over four years, uh, playing without uh, Hill and uh, someone else I'm blanking on. Uh, and they're on their second night of a back-to-back on the road, and I'm still sitting here. This is like a throwaway game, and I'm expecting them to win. They've won seven straight road games, and they're in this game. They're shorthanded. Um, they played like a bigs lineup where they had uh, Ilyasova, uh, Giannis, um, Brooke Lopez out there at the same time. So I was like three seven footers it was crazy um and they could have won this if uh if mitchell didn't catch fire and uh, donovan mitchell and he just went crazy in the fourth quarter and the jazz snuck out a win and they're going crazy like they just won the nba finals or something meanwhile the the bucks are like yeah it's back to back we're missing two starters relax jazz (laughs) but it was just weird it was weird to like have this expectation and this reaction to uh to a game that more or less should have meant nothing to me, but I was still expecting them to win and, and, and hoping that they would, uh, but all for, all for not. Um, so anyway, um, the, <clears throat> the NBA now is coming down to the home stretch, uh, getting close to the playoffs. Uh, Marlo, and I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, LeBron has uh, engaged yeah, uh, playoff, mode. playoff mode. Was that what it was? Um, playoff mode has been engaged. Yeah, so activated. activated yeah, there you go. You're right. It's been activated. Yeah, playoff mode has been activated. Uh, I think this spurred from like there was. Did you see the viral video of LeBron no defense? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That was going around, and obviously LeBron knew it was going around. Uh, so you know he's gonna play for real now. It's playoff yeah. time. Um, I think. <laughs> so, but since then. Since the playoff vote has been activated, yeah, the Lakers are now one and two. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it looks like the playoffs have started. Yeah, uh, the two losses. One was to the Bucks, which I, I guess, in my uh, viewpoint, is a, an acceptable loss because the Bucks are pretty darn good. Uh, but their most recent loss was to the Suns. And uh, stat here for you, Marlo. Uh, yeah, ESPN stats and info reports that in terms of win percentage through the 
at least 25 games. The Suns became the worst team a LeBron James team has ever lost to when LeBron's in the game. The Suns had a .190 win percentage entering the game. Yeesh. Not not a good one. And if you thought the uh, the gif of him, the def- no defense gif was, was bad, there's one of him throwing the ball in bounce off of the backboard. <laughs> Nonchalant. Have you seen this? No. Uh, it has to be from the Suns game, but he's going to inbound the ball and he just kind of like goes, it's not like he doesn't throw it. He like tosses it like kind of sidearm and it, I don't know who he's throwing it to. It hits off the backboard and goes out of bounds. Mm-mm. The back of the backboard and goes out of bounds and it's the Suns ball. It looks awful. <laughs> and it's like, meanwhile, he's, you know, telling all his teammates to, Put in some effort, not get distracted. And man, these back-to-back <laughs> gifts look bad. Uh, the Lakers, Marlon, now have a plus six hundred or six to one odds to make the postseason, while it is one to nine uh, that they will miss the playoffs. They're four and a half back with nineteen to play. So, Marlon, I have to ask you this: mm-hmm. How tough has this been for you to watch? <laughs> <laughs> this has been uh, it's been it's been it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun season. I think I thought maybe there's a chance that LeBron could will his team to mm-hmm. some sort of playoff run. But to kind of watch it the way he goes, it has gone. Him trying to trade away the whole team, that not happening. And yeah. then, you know, I feel like he's in, he's, by activating his playoff vote, he's like, he's, re- he's totally ready for summer break. And so yeah. he can get to all his movies <laughs> and, and, and make Space Jam 2 and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's so funny about him saying, you know, this isn't the team if you're distracted. Yeah. It's like, you're making movies and rap records and like <laughs> doing all this stuff. Uh, no, but you uh, guys stay like, focused. You guys stay yeah. focused. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Uh, if they don't get Anthony Davis in a trade, I don't know what they do. And there's a chance that they really can't do much, at least to get the kind of team that the Le- LeBron wants. And the strangest thing about this is he's kind of done this throughout his career right he's yep. been in cleveland and he's kind of like ruffled feathers and not been happy with his teammates there uh and, and then obviously things worked in miami because they were winning and then back in cleveland you know when they weren't winning ruffling feathers not really the team he wants and then he he joins this lakers team on it was his choice to go there and like he's ruffling feathers and saying this isn't the team that he wants which sure maybe this isn't the team to win a the, that's in a position to win a title, but like this is the team that you joined. Everyone on the team has been there longer than you. It's uh, I don't know it. It always seems to play out in the media that you know everyone needs to make it work for LeBron, right? And everybody needs to find out how to play around LeBron. I, I th- would like to see him learn how to play with somebody else or fit into a, a team that doesn't have his handpicked players. It's very strange. It's very strange. And like I said, if they don't get Anthony Davis, it could get really bad in in the sense that they, I mean, and by really bad, I mean, they may not be able to compete for championships, which that if you have LeBron James and you're the Lakers, I mean, both of those things, but you combine those things, that's kind of what you expect. Um, And that, and even with Anthony Davis, I mean, that's going to be a very good team. Don't get me wrong, but like that doesn't fix everything. So it'll be interesting to see, and obviously we are uh, we'll be watching closely to see if the uh, playoff mode ever does get 
activated or f- fully activated that is for sure um anything else in the nba marlo yeah uh, you left out you left out the buck signing pow oh is that official yet uh, it is official i heard i heard rumors that it was um so i first heard this and um it, it's rumored i still it isn't uh, no whatever. it's it official doesn't matter all right it's official fine marlo says it's official it's official um uh, and I thought, what do we need another seven footer for? You know, we got <laughs> Pow doesn't have that outside shooting. I mean, he's an okay outside shooter, but you know, he's another big body. That how will that fit in uh, Budenholzer's system? I wasn't really sure, but I've kind of taken it in, taken in some other takes, and I think the what he's bringing is defense and playoff experience, and I've, I'm kind of sold on that. Um, that, that he's going to provide that that kind of playoff experience to a team who largely hasn't gone anywhere in the playoffs yet. Um, he can kind of hopefully, uh, from a leadership standpoint, uh, lead them uh, and kind of be an advisor for that type of situation. That's what I've All talked right. myself into on that. Awesome. <laughs> well, pow. Pow to Saul. To the Bucks. It's official. Breaking news. Yep. Yep. All, All right. right. NFL. NFL. All right, a, a few there, few things few things happened this week before we get to the combine because it was combine week. Um, yeah, but there was a lot of NFL news going on because NFL is king; they stay in the news cycle. Um, but first and foremost, Robbie Gold got franchise tagged by the 49ers, mm. which I don't know in itself a kicker getting <laughs> a kicker getting franchise tag seems weird. Uh, it seemed and it, it seemed to hit a nerve in Chicago oh. uh, that he got franchise tag because there were these these glory dreams that the Bears were going to be able to sign Robbie Bring and I was going to make it all the difference and the Bears were to win the Super Bowl. Oh. Um, so it kind of broke a lot of hearts. <laughs> I personally think that the 49ers got like trolled into actually giving the franchise tag for people putting out in the universe that the Bears were going to sign Robbie Gold, which they never said. Mm. <laughs> at all but but anyways got, you know props to Robbie uh, making that becoming the highest paid by far the highest paid kicker in the game uh, due to a franchise tag yeah I, I think kickers have been franchise tag before I think it's mm-hmm. you know with Robbie Gold it's you didn't want to sign into a long term contract and you can you know pay him sure a lot more money than you otherwise might for this year but yep. it doesn't seem like his time in San Francisco is very long so why not use it? And if you don't have anybody else to franchise, if you don't use it, you lose it, I guess, right? Yep. So, yep. There you go. Um, I don't know. It's a kicker. I think. Yeah, it's a kicker. <laughs> it's a kicker. Uh, obviously, the Bears need a new one, but yeah. um, I don't know. Was he. Uh, there's. Was it just a, a argument over money why he left in the first place? Or what did. I don't even. Did his performance. Go down at all? No, in it's Chicago or no? You know what? It's a good question. I, I can't remember. remember back to the exact reasoning. Um, TB level gold. I'm sure money was a factor. He still yeah. was a pretty high paid kicker, yeah. and he wasn't. I'd say his last season, like he, there was some that were missed. Like it wasn't the automatic um, that it had been, but it, it wasn't. You know, wasn't Cody Parkey crazy? Uh, right. So, so yeah, it just kind of you know learned for. Always want what we don't have, right? Right, sure. All right. All right. All right, so moving on. Uh, another 
news that came down on the wire during the week was our boy Jason Witten uh, yeah. has retired mm. from the booth. <laughs> <laughs> he's retired from the Monday night booth. Yeah. And you know what he's going to do? What's that? He's coming back to football. He unretired from he football. He unretired from football. And he's gonna be he's gonna be suited up for the Dallas Cowboys again next season because okay. he will he quote wants to help this team win a championship. Anyway. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that's gonna happen. <laughs> Still got the clapper there, Jason Garrett. Yep, Jason Garrett. Right. Keep clapping away. Um. Yeah. So this this Monday night announcement job. So let me put it out there. Witten was not good. No. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was not good. But I feel like at this point, the Monday night job is, it's like uh, a toxic position. Like, it's you have to be great to go in there or, or people are just going to pick at you. It seems like people are just watching this to uh, take shots at the, the Monday night announcer because it's the only game, because it's usually a crappy game that yes. nobody really cares about, but they're going to watch it because it's football. And uh, like I said, again, Jason Witten was not was not good. He had a lot of kind of uh, foot in mouth sayings, calling people <laughs> wrong names, saying people were having good games when they weren't. Um, it's it's a tough spot to just throw somebody in, but I don't know who else you you, you go get. It's a tough tough position that I think ESPN and is is in. Excuse me, with this uh, Monday night slot. Yeah, he had the Boogermobile. I th- <laughs> you got you got everything there, um, yeah. I don't know who who else. Are Maybe they bring Randy in into the booth. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think to your point, if you had the chance, would you? You know, is that something you'd want to do? Uh, just because I mean, with this last crew, like they weren't. Like you said, Witten wasn't good, but it wasn't like god awful. Yeah. But if you just I sat mean, around Twitter, you'd think it was like the most. It was like the worst thing in the world. And yeah. do do people just want to put themselves in a position to be able to do that? And it's kind of funny because as much people complain about like Gruden, um, all these years for being like so extra, yeah, I bet yeah. they take them. They, everyone will just take them back in a heartbeat if that was the case. I don't know. I didn't like. I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, I hope that they go with. I I don't know. I just I. I I, I can't figure out why they hired Witten in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, obviously he was straight off the field, um, so I, I had no experience listening to him call a game. Uh, I just I don't get what they had there, and I'd rather that they went with like an experienced person, even if he might not be a flashy name, but somebody who like, um, you know, might be. I don't know who I don't necessarily know who that is. Maybe a Randy Moss, something like that. Where like they, I've seen them on TV. Yeah, they're like I know that they won't be awful. They may not be great, but they might not be awful. Um, I don't know. I just don't know what to do. I feel like they put themselves in such a tough spot um, going on some of these some on this limb here. Uh, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Went back to football. I feel like the social media mob chased them back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, who's Witten? Who's he hanging around? Who's his people? Because when he retired from football, yeah. it was random. Same around Tony was, Romo. They're like best he, friends. Yeah, but like Tony Romo, you saw it coming. Witten was like, "Oh, I'm retiring. I'm going to be an announcer." And then all of a sudden, it's okay. I'm retiring now. So I'm going to be back to the NFL. Going back to football until yeah, I can be an announcer somewhere else. Right. <laughs> exactly. Until another cup. So, 
The countdown for Tony Romo to come back to the Cowboys is definitely on. <laughs> that <laughs> would be something. Into that. That All right. Something. So, um, it was Combine weekend. Yep. Did you did you consume some of the Combine? You watched I, some, some people uh, in I shorts? saw that it was on. It was on ABC. I couldn't believe it was on broadcast television, although it was the middle of the day. Uh, but it was up against college basketball. I was zoned in on that, so I did not see any of the Combine. Um I've never never been one to to really take it in, but uh, what what occurred during it, Marlo? Well, here's the big this is a big winner. It's it's obviously been Kyle Murray who didn't even throw okay. at the combine. Oh, um, you want to know why? Because uh, why? Because coming into I was going to guess, but okay, you can just tell me. Okay, but coming coming into the combine or into this whatever the draft, whatever about Kyle Murray. Obviously, he was you know signed with the A's. Like he was one one, I think. First draft pick overall, was it? Anyways, contract with the A's. Turned the A's down so he could pursue the NFL. People were like, they're crazy. So much money in baseball, yada, yada. But, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's question to if he was going to be a first-round pick. Well, Casey, he measured in at 5'10 and 1 A's. Ooh, 1 And now he's, he, because of that, because he does it 5'10, he's now should be the number one overall because he's 5'10 and 1 A's. So number one overall because he's yeah that's what happened. Like an inch he was, it was all of a sudden since he like it was it, since he measured if he would have measured five nine then he just was like oh he can't play in the NFL. But since he's five ten one eight he is now considered to be the number one pick overall. Hmm. I mean, I think this is a really interesting story, and I'm really interested to see where he goes. Um, I don't think he'll be number one overall. Uh, although I. Would ha- I have to kind of regauge how tall five ten in an eighth is? Uh, that's, where what the, Wilson, I, that's what the, Russell Wilson uh, came in at the combine. Oh, like is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how is it? So he's like Russell Wilson, Drew Brees size. That's yes. fine. Yep. Um, I think <laughs> the way he could sling the ball around at Oklahoma, I'm really excited to see him play in the NFL. I'm glad that he is one eighth of an inch taller than I thought he was. Uh, that's big. That's big. Huge. Um, yeah. He didn't even throw. He didn't do anything. He just measured. He, he went and got. He got his height measured. He has height. Height in the hands. Did he have to show up for measured. that? Yes, he had to show up for that. He had to show up. <laughs> was for it that. on TV? Did they televise it? Meeting? <laughs> I don't think that part was televised. But it was great. It was. I just. I don't think I've ever seen. You. Know, I think we talked about this before, but how much you put in, like how much you put on tape, how much time you get yeah. and then how it could come all crashing down because you didn't run the 40 time that you want to or you had clock you, you your height came in at five nine right right um and then all of a yeah, sudden like, what, it doesn't it doesn't translate anymore uh, that's so, what i was but, thinking as yeah but for him to go to like question if he's gonna be a first rounder to oh no he's five ten that's cool he's definitely he should be the number one pick overall it just seems it just seems crazy to me yeah yeah and I remember hearing about some. Hey, look, this wide receiver from Ole Miss is killing it out there. He ran a four, three something, yeah. uh, forty, and this. And it's like I just I understand that they're measurables, and you can tell if somebody's fast. But like, if you can't tell that they're fast by watching them on the field, like the separation that they get on routes, or even you know just by running straight on a football field, I don't. Yeah, I don't get how you can like get anything out of this and like oh he did you know 35 reps he's strong well was he 
you know, blowing people off the line of scrimmage. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, it, it baffles me how much weight can be put on this, uh, these measurements, it, as opposed to, I think we've said this before, but anyway, combine. No, I missed combine. it. Darn. Shoot. Oh, darn. Next, I have right. to watch well, it next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty more between now and, and draft day, but we got the, uh, what do they like to call the underwear Olympics out of the way? Yeah. Now that I'd watch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in uh, MLB news, Marla, we we teased this last week, and it, then mm. it seemed like the day after uh, we recorded, the Dodgers were back in it. He had a weekend meeting with the Dodgers or something like that. Uh, but Bryce Harper did sign as uh, reported, not first, but reported here, uh, signing a 13-year, <laughs> $330 million. So... Marlo, you were right. He got more money uh, in total than uh, mm-hmm. Machado did, uh, 330 compared to 300. But the per year was a bit lower, um, as 330 divided by 13 is less than 300 divided by 10. Um, <laughs> you can check that out; it works. Um, what do you have any Do you have any thoughts on that before I go go into Marlo? Checking. Yes, you're right. Yep. Okay. Um, so the thing that surprised me the most about this, Marla, was that there was a no trade clause and no options within the contract. It is 13 years through and through. He's going to be on the Phillies unless more, I guess he can want to be traded, but he doesn't have an opt out like, um, Machado has, or, uh, Arenado. Is that how you say it? The, uh, Rockies player who signed Rockies, oh, yeah. three-year opt out, mm-hmm. um, so that that surprised me. Thirteen years is a long commitment, <laughs> to say yes, to is. say the least. Yep. Um, uh, uh, probably aside from uh, marriage or a mortgage, <laughs> the, the longest commitment uh, <laughs> out there, probably. Yeah, no, that's a and, long time, and it's just an. Un, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's an untradeable contract, even if they were going to try to. Uh, so the Phillies have hooked Harper in for yeah. the long for the long haul in hopes that this is what's going to be the blocks for a championship. I'm sure they're hoping within the first, like, four years of that. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't imagine that this is going to be good, you know, come, yeah. come year 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, that this is going to be money well spent. That's the beauty of a baseball contract. Yeah. yeah and it sounds like he turned down more money per year. Uh, I heard that the Dodgers were somewhere around, like, Four years, uh, like up to like forty million a year, something like that, uh, which is which is crazy per year. Uh, but obviously a shorter term contract. But he wanted the long term guarantee, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I just, I don't know if Philly fans are going crazy. They think this is the greatest thing ever. I just don't know how years six and on are going to be any good. Yeah, any good in this yep. contract. But we'll see. Um. So, That's, uh, I guess my take on take on Harper. Well, congrats, Harper. Um, if you have a chance, you know, can I borrow like a hundred bucks quick? <laughs> All right. Anything else on the on the football? Uh, football. <laughs> Anything else on the uh, baseball yeah. joint? <laughs> No, I I think that's it. Uh, obviously, spring games are underway. Very exciting. Brewers are already getting hurt, so that's great. 
Yeah, I'm just trying not to read too much into the Brewers' early pitching woes. All right. All right, well, then it is now time to get to America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. All right, Marlo. Real uh, up and down week here for Liverpool. Uh, In the middle of the week, they had all the offensive firepower that you could ever want, thrashing Watford 5-0, as they say, on the other side of the pond. Um, (laughs) Then today, uh, we saw the other side of that. All that attacking firepower was gone. They stumbled through a... Nil-nil draw with Crosstown rival, Derby rival, Everton. Um, it's one that they should have had. It was very, it was a very poorly played attacking game. Um, although Salah did have two chances, more or less one-on-one with the keeper that he wasn't able to convert. But other than that, there was just a lot, a lot of wanting on the uh, offensive side. And it's just, I don't, some games they get like this, um, where with all the counter-pressing that they do, all the speed that they have, that Liverpool just is unable to create chances. And as a fan, you just sit there and scratch your head and, and, and go, why isn't, why isn't this working like it normally does? Uh, they, Liverpool now finds themselves one point back of Man City with nine matches to go. A real tough, real tough spot for uh, Liverpool fans. Um, we had the lead there, a pretty comfortable lead at times, uh, and now we're a point back, uh, and Man City seems to be back on track. Um, this week, uh, Liverpool is up against Burnley, who's sitting 16th in the table. Uh, more or less a must-win with uh, that kind of opponent, uh, and it, but it really seems like the, the title chase pressure is building up at again at times sometimes the the goals just going like against Watford but other times they just seem to not be able to get it going um like they did against Everton so hopefully they can get it going against Burley next week Sunday uh so if you're up relatively early Monday morning Sunday morning excuse me next week tune into that all right Marlon but more importantly perhaps mm-hmm. MLS is back oh it's back it's back I know you miss it Marlo God. uh and for uh some local flavor here um, one of the marquee games over the weekend was the LA Galaxy uh, and the Chicago Fire. At least for me, tuning in, that was that was pretty fun to see. Uh, I went to look up the the score for the podcast. I just wanted to make sure that it did finish two to one Galaxy, as I remembered. Um, but I googled Chicago Fire, and all the hits were the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that uh, it's the imprint that the Chicago Fire are making on the internet uh, and in America's hearts. Not a great sign, but the MLS is back. Um, I've really, to be honest, Marlo, I've, I've struggled to follow the MLS. I've tried to follow the fire. I've tried to kind of watch and pick a team. It's it's really been hard for me to kind of get get behind it. Um, that's not to say that the, the games are bad or the quality is bad. I've just had a, a tough time kind of grasping on to a team. Uh, whereas in the EPL, for whatever reason, I was able to grasp onto uh, to Liverpool and become a fan of that. Um, so I, I guess I'm going to give it another try this year. See who, see if there's anybody I can kind of latch onto and follow as a fan. Because as we talk about this podcast, it makes uh, the sports all the more fun. Um, and we'll kind of, I guess, maybe in MLS we can kind of follow my tracking and trying to find a team in that. Um, but. I was assured that uh, in the advertisements for the the new season, it is the league with the most shots 
and most goals. Whoa. If you can believe that. So Whoa. It's most a high shots, scoring. Most goals. Soccer league. Um, or the defense is terrible. But yeah. Well, no, yeah. They're, just playing, they're just playing West Coast offense. That's, That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's the Big 12 <laughs> of soccer leagues. It's the Big 12 <laughs> of soccer all right, so that's uh, and in 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 personal news, a a tough draw for the uh, old man league uh, for me, two uh, two. Uh, we ended up playing at ten o'clock at night, so Ugh. that was a disaster. Yeah. A- it was the night after the uh, late uh, Indiana game, so oh man, just... I was not in top performance shape. Yeah, burning all your oil, man. Not that not that I ever am in top performance shape, but <laughs> nonetheless, two two draw. I know that everyone was waiting for that, so uh, that is it for the uh, corner kick, Marlo. All right. Uh, Well, I think that's going to do it for me, Um, unless you have anything else. Um, As as always, again, awesome putting one year in. Thanks for the ride. As always, you can find us at Twitter, online, at 132Breeze, Casey at Prof Badger Fan, myself at BarlowJR. Let us know what you think. Uh, Casey, do you have any last words? Thanks, everyone, as always. And until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports.